die Großstadt. Ein Gebilde aus Beton, Stahl und Glas. Ein Spiegelbild tief, kalt und unbarmherzig. New Ten City. Das neueste Meisterwerk vom Kultfilmer Zui Hark. Ein Film, der Realität und Fiktion ineinander verschmelzen lässt. New Ten City. Eine Stadt ohne Zukunft. New Ten City. Horror has a new home. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. My name's Jeremy. And we're here to discuss X-Men number 50, the November 1968 issue titled Hail, Queen of Mutants. Or no, City of Mutants. Oh. Uh, one of those. And for you who are listening on the podcast, this is your opportunity now to jump over to YouTube or just go to redcapproductions.com and check out the corresponding video cast that's right that's what we've been alluding to this whole time <laughs> a video cast whoa are you excited for this adam let's call it a vidcast a vid I'm, I'm coining the term right here right now vidcast welcome to the first ever x-men danger room vidcast welcome to the first ever as coined vidcast ever by adam copyright adam <laughs> that's right <clears throat> you can use it though it's okay <laughs> yeah we want to start something new i just want credit uh, and then for you who are refusing to watch the video, uh, there's probably going to be numerous references to things that we're actually doing that you can't hear, and that's too bad. Yeah, we're we're naked right now. <laughs> so you'll want to go to the webpage and check that out. <laughs> and for you those watch for those of you watching on YouTube right now, the clothes that you're seeing, it's the second take. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somehow, somehow that works out. Anyway, uh, the cover of this issue features a uh, woman. A zombie-like Lorna Dane, and she's giving the, what is that, the uh, the devil's fork? Not really. She's not doing this. She's just kind of doing this. No, with the other hand. Oh, yes, definitely. You're right. I wasn't <laughs> looking at that hand. I was looking at the casting of spell hand. Yes. I like this cover a lot, actually. Yep, this is a Jim Storenko. This is probably my favorite cover of the X-Men yet. And look, we have a brand new title. It's the... It's the, the 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 font that they use for the rest of the eternity. It's the modern X Men font, well, basically. Not, it's it's not modern anymore, but no. it's the one that should be associated with X Men forever. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's the one that I grew up with. Therefore, it's yes. modern. Yes, it's the one that eventually the uncanny X Men would take over. Yeah, uh, below that you have all of the X Men. They're uh, uh, lingering in fear. They're not looking so hot in this uh, title mm -hmm. or on this cover. There's a lot of energy around uh, Lorna Dane there. Which is cool. And is this kind of like the first signature? If you look at Storenko's signature, is this like the first like uh, trademark or like, you know, special? I'm betting that Jack Kirby had a signature. Well, he had a signature. They all have signatures, but he's got like a slash and two dots there. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what do you think that stands for? I don't know. But you know how like uh, Todd McFarlane, he's got like his little scroll that he puts on the mm -hmm. comics? Yeah. I'm just wondering if this is like one of the first versions of that. Probably not. Don't know. Anyhow, as we open up the comic book, a mesmering pair of eyes says, Hail, Queen of Mutants. Ask no questions, but gaze deep into eyes. Answers are written and stuff. There's a couple of henchmen who are looking down. One of which is supposedly Mesmero. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently he took off his mask for this. They're, they're dressing up as normal people. And they put 
uh, Lorna Dane and Bobby Drake in, well, Iceman, mm-hmm. into coffins. Oh, right, yep. And they're, uh, someone even says, to complete the disguise, wear a slight funereal smile as we leave, my friends. There are no unsmiling undertakers. Yeah, I don't know what that that's, means. That's I don't know. It means that undertakers are bad. Well, they know that they're getting paid for every dead body we haul away. Yeah, that's yeah. money in the bank. I don't know why this commentary needs to be here, but uh, we should mention editor Stan Lee, writer Arnold Drake, artist Jim Steranko from the cover, and inker John Tartaglione, and letterer Herb Cooper. Yeah, Is this, uh, our new letterer. I, get, uh, I can't remember. We had a, a different letterer last issue. New letterer, new artist, we'll say. Yeah, sure. The old X-Men logo is used here, but it's it looks like they're denoting kind of an end to the old and an entry to the new, because we get a little bit more uh, commentary saying the X-Men are back together, and that's great. It um, is great. And we get a, a picture of a brain and a picture of Magneto. And um, it's basically a summary of last issue, which is that the X-Men left Lorna Dane and Bobby together, and um, then Mesmero broke in, and this is where we leave off. They, yep. were, they, were, they were worshiping Lorna Dane. Suddenly, Mesmero and his elite guard burst upon the scene, overwhelming Iceman's heroic defenses and paralyzing his body. Lorna listens in fear as Mesmero speaks his strangely sickening salute. Hail, Queen of Mutants. Which I guess isn't the title. No. Because we get a big mountain of words saying City of Mutants yeah, and a double-page spread. My question is, how much did they pay to have that written on the side of that mountain? <laughs> and literally, like, talk about advertising. Airplanes are flying over this mountain ridge and it's just City of Mutants. I mean, isn't somebody like, okay, I think we need to send our forces there. We may have a problem in that desert mountain range. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Where did they get the money for this car? Too, it's like got six wheels, f- six wheels, and five uh, jet engine things on the back. And there's eight people in it. And apparently, it's carrying two coffins. Oh yeah, there's eight people and two coffins. <laughs> you can't even see the coffins. Lord knows where they are. We learn on the next uh, part of this two-page spread that it's a. Oh, we don't learn that. We learn on the next page. It's a missile car. No. But anyways... Uh, and we get... Where are they? They're in the desert, and there's some sort of weird palace, and some number 47 in his Crimson Guard uniform... It says... Uh, ...is standing guard. It's a fortress of fiendishness and memorial to malevolence. What unspeakable acts wait committing in this self-contained earthly hell? <laughs> wow. Uh, so they're in hell. <laughs> Apparently hell is also known as the City of Mutants. So uh, I guess... And I'm, here's where uh, Mesmero puts his mask back on. Yeah. I'm really curious which of those guys was Me- uh, Mesmero, because to the best of my knowledge, we never actually, I, I've never actually seen him without his cowl. But we have, but we just don't know which one of those four guys it was. Well, he, he's got to be the guy giving the commands. But can you see the balloon from who that is? Oh, you think so? Yeah, but I mean, you, know, you can't oh, really okay. make him out. It's no, he's just, just in the shadows. He's just some shadowy guy with okay. weird eyes. The question is, I, I also have is, does he have green skin? Is that makeup? Is yeah, that a skin-tight outfit that covers his face? He just applied a shitload of makeup. <laughs> Must appear green. <laughs> it's a thing. What, what am I going to do? I, I just like green. Green and purple. Maybe it's part of his mutant uh, abilities is that when he dons his mask, I don't know where I'm going with this. He's like Zartan. Yeah. Whenever he's in the sun, he turns green. You know, they never use that in the comic book. Only the toy turned green. And the the tv show 
Larry oh, Hammond yeah. never had him turn green in the sunlight. Because it was lame. Because it was a dumb idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think something happened to him in the sunlight. Uh, he got itchy. <laughs> boils and stuff. Uh, so he said he was in disguise for some reason. I don't know if he needed this disguise to get past his city of mutant people or just to avoid suspicion within the city. Yeah, so really that they say. appeared as funeral people. Although ah. I, these coffins are like the floating slabs from Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> there's nothing like typical about them at all. Well, there's four people struggling with the back one, and then two people <laughs> are like, "Oh, this is no problem." Well, you know, Iceman's lightweight. <laughs> yeah, Lorna's uh, women. You know, just eating their donuts and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. uh so Mesmero, he's talking about, oh, we're masters of men, and we're rulers, and we'll rule again, and stuff like that. I don't remember ruling them ruling before, but okay. Apparently, Iceman must be placed in cell 12. Yes. Nowhere else. And they place Lorna Dane into the Mutant Energy Simulator, also known as the MES. And they put her in there, and it does not look like a pleasant experience. <laughs> her hair is like flying everywhere there's energy all over the place lots of green and yellow it's very christ-like mm-hmm. and then the longest three seconds endurable ready one two three jeez jeez those were the longest three <laughs> seconds ever i i didn't know what to do <laughs> so then we get crizz and crackle and crackle Stirring the awesome latent power with the innocent being of Lorna Dane. So my guess is that they're just trying to awaken those powers with this they're, they're, machine? Yeah, they're trying to awaken her latent powers and something else. I don't know. Hmm. Crazy. Her her latent evilness. Okay. <laughs> her latent green skin. We we all know she's got mutant powers. Now we're going to wake up her latent evilness. Well, right. We We don't know what her mutant powers are yet, though. All we know is she has mutant green hair. That's true. Good point. So then we flip over to the X-Men who are approaching Mesmero's city hideout. And then I got a little confused because earlier when we were entering the city of mutants, there was a giant mountain and we're in the desert. Now they're just outside of a church or something. Well, this is where we left off last issue. They had discovered this church where like, uh, I think Hank's Cerebro led them to. Oh, okay. And I, I too have no idea how this connects to the desert. Okay. Uh, I, I guess it doesn't. Maybe it's a portal. Yeah. <laughs> a magneto portal. Some sort of warlock portal. Oh, <laughs> oh he's in on this too, huh? Yeah, yeah. You always okay. got to have warlock if you want to have quality. <laughs> Warlocks, you don't see him very often, but he's he's always there behind the scenes. He's yeah. he's kind of like the puppet master. He runs everything. He's still there. I mean, he's he's running the show today. <laughs> Uh, so they blast their way into the. Well, wait, we well, first we get we get uh, oh, yeah. we get four. Everybody thinks to themselves, which makes sense, except Scott thinks to himself, carefully. He should have said that out loud. I feel like a wily mind hides within those murky halls. It, that doesn't seem appropriate that he's thinking that to himself. But carefully, why would he say carefully? <laughs> I, I don't know. Why would he think it to himself? Hmm. I mean, it, it's a command. Carefully, guys. You, you other X Men. Well, it's like it's like continuing a thought. Like if Angel were to be like, "We should go in there," then Cyclops could be like, "Carefully, 
again a wily mind allowed yeah yeah that would, well no i mean i guess i suppose it would work if like they were all connected maybe that's it maybe they're all connected by gene gray oh that could be yeah okay that's gotta be it yeah i don't see those little dashes though that indicates that's a, true okay but, uh... <laughs> anyways after that they bust their way in yeah why don't they just attack the house <laughs> well it's typical X-Men attack time. the front door now on my mark show no mercy to that front door we did it, Scott. We finally won a battle. And then uh, Scott says there are beings in there that feast on the human soul itself. How does he know that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, right. So they go in there and nobody feasts upon their souls. It's just some <laughs> guys in some uh, suits. And they may actually be robots. I can't really tell. Yeah, they're they're wearing like robot costumes or something. Yeah. They look kind of like He-Man, the... the um, the Viper Men from He Man, the Snake Men. Oh, remember the Snake guys? I don't. Oh, all right. Was it from the movie or from the show? It was this toy line. I don't think they ever oh. made it to the show. There were there were three Snake guys, and, and these guys look like one of them. I don't remember them at all. But okay, I'll take your word for it. I think it came after the Evil Horde. Do you remember them? I remember Hordak. Yeah, he was the leader of the Evil. evil oh, okay, Horde. sure, I remember them. There was like there was a red guy who had like a bunch of body parts that you could interchange. Right. Yeah. What was that guy's name? I don't, I don't remember. But then there was also like a suction cup mouth man. Leech. Leech. Yeah. Pulling but, pulling that out of somewhere. <laughs> hey, I like those. I, I I didn't have I, She-Ra, but I had some of the Hordak guys. I had, I had all of the Evil Horde. Oh man, <laughs> you were so spoiled as a kid. I know that's all I had. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, um, Beast is uh. He says that he's not jesting, and Cyclops says, less jest, more joust. <laughs> I just enrolled you in the president's campaign against civil violence. They're, they're really coming out with some lame one-offs. Yeah. Who's writing this one? It's Arnold Drake? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's coming off Spider-Man or something where he's like, <laughs> I need witty one-liners, but I gave him all the Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, and so, Jean yeah. Jean Grey ties up somebody with their own robes, although... Those aren't his own robes. They look like the curtains that they pulled off the window or something. Those are those are huge robes, is what I'm saying. It reminds me of that uh, uh, the trick she did before. She did that uh, very tactic uh, uh, in another villain. Yes, many many many, many ago. issues ago. That was when she first started coming into her own. Ah, that's when she developed that tactic. <laughs> now she just uses it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all right, <clears throat> angels flying around. He picks up Beast and like. Does him? Uh, he does like a billiard shot, I guess. Eight ball to the side pocket, throws him at some guy. I, that's the name of their move. Yeah, it's come on, Beast. Billiard shot, eight ball in the side pocket, and Beast instantly knows what he's talking about. <laughs> he does a little f- backwards flip and a kick, and I don't, look. This guy looks like he's squat. <laughs> the villain here. Yeah, I don't know. It's very suggestive. What's it's, going on there? He looks like he turned into an insect. You're talking about the first panel, right? Yeah. The, the Where bat- his head is bashed into the wall and his the, butt's just yeah, hanging the, out. The bad guy. And his arms are behind him. And... Yeah, it, it's terrible. It, <laughs> it looks like he's getting ready for something not pleasant. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. It's a family show after all. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Cyclops gets tackled by one while he's punching another. And even the villains are giving some whippy repartee. Cyclops says, it's almost a pleasure dusting this demon skull with a pack of knuckles. And then the villain says... Then see if my caress brings pleasure as well. And then they make out. Good Lord, what happened to this comic book? <laughs> Just turned into like a weird romance magazine. 
Everybody falls to the floor, just just kissing and hugging, and and then the next page they're at the soda shop with Archie and Jughead getting a, <laughs> a float with good old Kevin Keller <laughs> with uh, with uh, Mister Weatherby is there. It's it's awesome. Kevin Keller's the gay one. I don't know who Kevin Keller is. He like the gay. He's the gay guy from Archie in the Archie universe. Yeah. They must have just introduced yeah. him. They needed a gay. They were like, we need a gay guy. <laughs> hey everybody, I'm new in town. And hey, you're dreamy. Exactly. I'm not into you. <laughs> Darn. I'm sure Betty and Veronica were both into Kevin Keller. And... Wow. Those things just write themselves. <laughs> you know, I can just imagine like the first cell phone story. We don't have to talk about it now, but I mean, you just take like the simplest little ideas and you can run it across Archie, Jughead, Archie and Jughead, Betty and Veronica. I mean, how many titles do they have? Anyways. Enough. <laughs> uh, no Reggie series, though. No. Nobody, never... like, nobody likes Reggie. Nobody, nobody likes Moose. Oh, I like Moose. Moose is cool. But he was, wasn't he like really mean to his girlfriend, uh, Midge? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> he was like super possessive and Midge would talk to Archie and then M Moose would beat up Archie. Yep. <laughs> that ain't cool. Okay, anyways. Uh, Jean Grey gets a telepathic distress call from Bobby that Mesmero is holding him and Lorna captive and the location's not clear. Only one way to find them. Let ourselves be captured, too. Must get mental message to the boys. To which I say, why don't we make her the leader? Yeah. <laughs> she might as well be. You got Pack and Knuckles guy here making out with the robot. <laughs> and at least one person's trying to formulate an idea as how to save their buddy. So apparently she's not very good uh, or, or, or practiced at her mental telepathy uh, because the boys are just getting vague senses of what she wants. Well, Cyclops says Gene wants us to throw the fight. Something to do with saving Bobby. Right. So like, it's, the it's, message isn't quite clear. It's but, like, you know, it, message received, but I gets, don't know it why. It gets the point here. across and, you know. Uh, and so Beast is agreeing or something. Oh, it's easy enough to lose, but we don't want to look like chumps because that would become suspect. <laughs> which is okay. I don't know. The X-Men, all they have to do is lose and they wouldn't be a surprise. Wouldn't that be a surprise? I mean, they lost to the circus, okay? <laughs> Come on. Um... Angel gets tied up by some electrical bolos, and he's like, oh, with gimmicks like this, we'll be losing in a cinch. And then to make things short, they throw a giant plastic bag over all of them and suffocate them all. Yeah, gas. Knockout vapor. And then one of the, the robot guys, he's like, seven seconds to be precise. It's called K-19, predicted by Magneto himself. Predicted what? Perfected. Uh, <laughs> it'd be nice if I could read. Like, predicted makes no sense. No, no so, it doesn't. <laughs> Magneto's a chemist. Yes. Gotcha. Well, he's he's whatever they need him to be. Oh, sure. Isn't K-19 the Widowmaker? I don't know. It's, wasn't that a movie? K-19, the Widowmaker. No, it was, was like about K a gun. Oh, there was like K-7, which was like about a mountain or something, wasn't there? I don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think like, yeah. Anyway, it's three more seconds. Three more seconds. It will enter your bloodstream. And then? And then they pass out. And uh... so they're in the plastic bag. There's yellow fumes and they're all falling to their feet. And one of the, I don't know if, I don't know who this is. Is this one of the robot guys? Yeah, it's just some robot guy with a mask on. and uh... So a thug guy, basically. Yeah. Let's take him back to Mutant City. So dun, dun, dun. shortly, so Mutant City is just outside of San Francisco, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. <laughs> and nobody noticed. No major airports flew over and like, wow. What does that say? That, that mountain says Mutant City. There's some really weird architecture down there. <laughs> 
So Mesmero's got uh, Iceman strapped to a bubble. Yeah, it looks like he's half in a bubble and half on the floor. And I guess that might be Lorna Dane in the background? Yeah, she's in some sort of weird... I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to call that. This is like a really weird panel. Nothing quite makes... looks like there's <laughs> steps going down below Iceman. Yeah. I'm not sure if Mesmero's floating. Uh, anyhow... And the background's all red, so you really have no sense of perspective as to where they are or where the roof is, but... Ms. Vero says that if you may, if you were able to get loose, you're going to die anyway because the device that holds you is programmed to destruct the moment you threaten to free yourself. So he can't even threaten to free himself. Oh, I'm going to... Oh! <laughs> and he mentions that he, when everything is done, uh, the mere mortal known as Lorna Dane will be transmuted into a living goddess goddess so that's their plan yeah devious this is kind of a neat panel so you got lorna dane in the middle electricity zapping out of her Iceman is upside down on the one side and mesmero is right side up on the other side now i'm not saying it's drawn well i just <laughs> like the concept of it yeah yeah it's cool it's a horrible drawing if you ask me Iceman is thinking to himself when she becomes a living goddess is she going to be good or bad now is this the first time we're seeing a word balloon written crooked at a 45-degree angle? I don't know. Maybe. I, I think it is, because I, when I got to this page, I was like, how do I... It doesn't... just doesn't... How do I... All right. It was very difficult to read. I, I don't recall any comic books with 45-degree uh, word balloons. Hmm. Yeah. And there's some... Uh, the genius that was bequeathed, Magneto shall bring, feeble, blah, 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 invincible leader. Okay. That's what Mesmero says. So basically, they're hoping to bring a being powerful beyond all others. Yeah, and, and so... And become their leader. The henchmen show up. They say, Hail Mesmero, we have taken the X-Men. Uh, how shall we dispose of them? And um, I have a most gratifying end plan for them all, but it must wait. Sorry. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, let it be known that any resistance on their part shall bring instant death to the one called Iceman. Mm-hmm. So they're screwed. Yeah, no sense in disposing of their bodies right now. They're passed out. We could just throw them into the wood chipper, and that would be the end of the X-Men. They need to wait. I want to feed them dinner first. <laughs> Have a conversation. Let's talk about stuff. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, it looks like Lorna Dane's transmutation is becoming more complete. She, I guess she's stepping out of the cross yeah, or she... the, the triangle-shaped blob that she was in. I'm not really... Uh, hip to the Bible, but it seems sort of biblical. I mean, there's lights, yeah, yeah. and she's got her arms outspread. And... Mm -hmm. Then there was light. Yeah, like, walk with me, my people. Something like that. She is the <clears throat> involuntary subject of the genetic stimulator. <laughs> I would like to get myself a genetic stimulator, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a place on the internet you can order those. Uh, behold, she stands before us, the omnipotent empress of all evil mutants. And I got to say, Mesmero could have picked a much better headpiece for her because this thing is atrocious. <laughs> the whole costume is pretty bad. Oh, and by the way, she's the daughter of Magneto and queen of all mutants. Wow, that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Did, did, did you hear me? Daughter of Magneto. Serious business. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, she's given devil horns again. She's like... Look at my headband! <laughs> <laughs> and she's doing it with both yeah. hands this time. So she's like, she's really rocking out. Some little Marilyn Manson going on in the background. She's and like, somebody's oh, like, beautiful people. <laughs> <laughs> and 
That's the best I could come up with. Uh, anyways, somebody tells the X Men, "Bow your heads, useless ones, before the greatness that is hers." And Cyclops starts thinking to himself, "Fantastic! This was the secret weapon they spoke of. M two. I, I don't remember them speaking. They of spoke of M two last Not issue. Not to Cyclops, though." That's true. That they, was to Iceman. They spoke of M2 to Iceman. You're right. <laughs> and apparently Magne- er, uh, Cyclops is like, Magneto II. We, we only thought possible a son. Because we're sexist and don't think women can do anything. Again, when did this happen? I, it this didn't. This didn't happen. They, never were they sitting around the table talking about Ma- Magneto's offspring. Oh, it must be a son. Hmm. <laughs> M2, the second Magneto. A son, if you will. Nope, that never happened. Nope. M2 was casually mentioned as they were taking Iceman down, I think. Yeah, and yeah. Iceman was like, what's M2? And then he collapsed, yeah. or, and then was put in a coffin. It never occurred to us. Uh, yeah, you said that. So we've stepped into a nasty trap. And uh, uh, Lorna Dane, she, I, I understand. Strange stirrings. It must have been my father's blood. Yeah. <laughs> so she's always felt a little evil. She just never <laughs> acted upon it. I always just felt like I could crush the mutants. <laughs> Die humans, and then the X Men they get together and they're 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 going to make their move, but then they say no, we can't make our move because Iceman is their hypnotic prisoner. Remember, cute oh. guys, duh. And then in another sign of leadership, Marvel Girl says, well, "Why don't I just break Mesmero's hold on him <laughs> like this?" <Ba-dink>. Boom. <laughs> oh, thanks. And uh, it takes a couple moments, but uh, she does certainly release Iceman from the. Uh, hypnotic hold and he and then Iceman grows a giant spoon out of his ass and smashes something he does doesn't he (laughs) poops out a spoon smashes the machine that was holding him and and off he goes I I guess he was laying on that spoon and he's (laughs) sitting up yeah Uh, he super froze his neck binds which allowed him to sit up Hmm. Uh, yeah go Iceman temperatures extremes shattered the prison globe oh he was in a prison globe so what you're seeing explode there's that globe that we saw earlier yeah okay okay why would you put him halfway in a globe and halfway out (laughs) put him all the way in a globe like if you have a globe to put somebody in don't put half of a person he was too big they they had well the globe's too small put the upper (laughs) half in (laughs) this globe was built for a child (laughs) um I sense that Iceman has broken free, says Mesmero. Time to end this tasteless comedy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you who brought death to the genius that was Magneto shall appropriately meet your end at the hands of his own child. So his own child is going to throw the X-Men onto a pile of rocks in the ocean <laughs> or uh, something like that. Daughter of the Emperor of Evil, offspring of our beloved leader, now turn your insuperable power to the destruction of those who took your father from us. Insuperable. Yeah. <laughs> And she throws up her hands, and Iceman says, No, don't do it. You're good. Can't you see? They've twisted you, turned you. Stop. And then all hell breaks loose, and zappity zips are flying all over the place. And and uh, Lorna Dane turns the tides and uses her powers, whatever they may be. I can't exactly tell from this panel. It's apparently the power <laughs> to make people fly away from you. <laughs> I, I, maybe it's the magnetic shield that Magneto used in the first one. Remember oh, in issue one when he yeah, was tossing blocking people away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what it is. Sure, sure. Well, he, she is the daughter of magnetism, yeah. so maybe she has magnetic powers. So she's using it against the bad guys. Not the X-Men, everybody, like All we had suspected. Right. It is not against the X-Men that she has unloosed the Fantastic Force, but against the very worshippers of Magneto. 
And then we get a stark white panel <laughs> with only a foreground drawn in. It really I, looks like Lorna Dane passed out. Yeah, it pa- she passed out. Angel catches her. But there's no background. This really bugs me. <laughs> like nothing. It's not even colored. You know, normally like in some of these shots, you've got some computer equipment or uh, some rivets <laughs> to no. indicate a wall. But nothing, just white. So it's like they're in limbo. It's very, it's very. Uh, I think what happened simplified. is they they all died, <laughs> and Saint Peter's coming up to meet him. He's like, "Ooh, Mesmero, you've been a bad boy. You're gonna go down. All of the X Men except for Beast for your deviant life will go upstairs. <laughs> uh, you don't go to hell, but you have to stay here in limbo. No, they uh, uh, they they save Lorna and they go after Mesmero. Yeah, that's pretty much the sum of that page. <laughs> Even as they reach their mutant tormentor, his the very ground rises to smite them up. What the? Why would the ground rise up and smite them? There's How could only, that happen? There's only one evil being with such power, but that's... Impossible! We ourselves saw him sink into the sea. Correcto. Correcto mundo, even. <laughs> it's <laughs> the Iceman. Iceman-arama. Making <laughs> copies. If oh. it's not him, who's that snake crawling out of the shadows? I can't see his face, can only feel his aura of unspeakable evil. Says Lorna Dane, who's probably never seen him anyway. (laughs) Right. Because before this issue, she was just a girl who walked 1,200 miles. (laughs) (laughs) And I will never You above all should know me for my child. I am... Your loving daddy dearest. A very decrepit-looking Magneto. (laughs) He does not look very... Awesome here. Yeah, he's uh, crouching on one knee. He's leaning <laughs> over. Hey, hey, how's it going? Huge mouth, muscly still, but he just look. He looks. He looks old. He says that he's her loving father. Like it's a surprise at this point, even mm-hmm. though it's already been revealed. I saved my identity from you until this glorious day, when I could tell you pridefully and announce to these who shall soon be my victims that Magneto lives. Whoa. So basically, Magneto had a daughter, fought the X-Men a ton of times, accidentally died, but didn't tell her this whole time that he was her father. Until now. He's been waiting for the moment that he would come back to life Mm -hmm. after knowing that he was going to die. This makes no Mm -hmm. sense. This was his plan. He knew this was going to happen. (laughs) He also has a little bit of precognition. That's terrible. (laughs) It is. Uh, Maybe... Well, we don't know how he came back to life. I mean, clearly he didn't die. And what of Toad? Toad, they're not buddies anymore. Toad left. I know, but will Magneto seek retribution for the <laughs> one who, I mean, really it was Toad that killed him, not the yeah. X-Men. We'll have to pick up Toad issue one. To find out. <laughs> Next, like father, like daughter. However, mm-hmm. it's not over. The big 50th gala issue, <laughs> live with video, not live, complete with video. Oh, it's live for us. <laughs> This is live. I gotta pour myself some more uh, Jean Grey beer before yeah, we get too. into this origin tale. It's not half bad, is it? No, it's pretty good actually. Surprisingly, I expected it to be pretty crappy. This comes from Milwaukee Brewing Company. You know what happens when you normally buy something that has something stupid like a, a Jean Grey on the front? But it's this isn't Jean terrible. Grey. It just happens to be. I mean, if this was literally X Men beer, then we would be yeah, drinking would something be horrible. But this is just flaming damsel and. And she's got she's got flames on her boobs. It's awesome. <laughs> and I mean, th- there's a striking resemblance to the Phoenix uniform, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So maybe the Brewers there were uh, very into the X Men. All right, 
Now, I had thought that we were done with Beast Origins. I was hoping that we were done with the secondary story as well. Well, the last issue ended with, uh, oh, he's a strong baby. And I swear to God, I I thought it said the end. (laughs) And maybe it said there was a teaser for, I don't know what there's a teaser for, but... Anyway, here we are. We got more beast story. More beast stuff. Uh, this boy with this bombshell is what it's called. Stanley editor, Arnold Drake writer, Werner Roth artist, John Verputin inker, Herb Cooper letterer. There. Brief credits for a briefer story. Okay? Okay, everybody. <laughs> we get a very quick recap of how Norton McCoy had saved uh, everybody from the nuclear plant, but had uh, genetically altered his seed. We get uh, Beast on the uh, searching for his ball, raising up his crib. He's very strong, in other words. And yep. then he's on the wall grabbing a balloon, and his parents are freaked out. Yeah, he's hanging from a sconce, if you will. Mm. And uh, Norton, are you just going to stand there and get him down? Down? I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out how he got up there. Because that's how Norton talks after his <laughs> nuclear accident. Yeah. He used to talk like this. But now he talks like this. <laughs> Hank, get down from there. We get another two panels of him dealing with his uncle, and he grabs his uncle, shaking his hand, and crushes it. His uncle then dies. <laughs> I thought that this was a joy buzzer scene. <laughs> I thought so, too. <laughs> I'm like, what? Hank's a practical joker. Not only is he strong, but he likes to zap his uncle. So is this uh, Uncle Herb or Uncle... Remember, there was an uncle last issue who, yeah, who got it's, punched. It's the same uncle. Okay. Oh, so he's got he got punched in the face for Coochie Coo, and now he got a broken hand. Yep. Okay. This uncle hates Hank. <laughs> Fast forward from boyhood to adolescence, where he's a freshman in high school or college. Um, college varsity team. Okay. Var- freshman. Well, no varsity. Uh, if it was a varsity team and he was a freshman, he, it would have to be college. But there's varsity in high school, too. So then it's either high school or college. <laughs> We're back to where we started. That's where I started. Anyhow. I'm going to say high school. Sure. Let's let's say high school. Uh, the coach is berating the team. Because they suck. Yeah. They've lost five games in a row. Some varsity team. I could put any pint-sized freshman and turn him into a star on this crummy squad. And then he points to Beast. You, freshman. But hasn't he been coaching these guys? What makes him think he could do better with a puny freshman? When he's these guys just don't listen. Oh, you just don't get it. <laughs> so he says, uh, kick the football. And Beast does not want to, but eventually he does. With a mighty ba-woom. And I didn't realize this the first time around, but he shatters the football with his kick. Oh, yeah. I, which I didn't realize that either. You wouldn't really want on your football team. Because <laughs> you go to punt the ball and you shatter and it's like, okay, punters made a yard on the pass. Or the kicker, whatever, <laughs> you know. New ball at the 41. And then he asked them to toss him. A, uh, they got a replacement ball immediately. And uh, Hank is worried that the uh, coach is a little bit too close because he has trouble controlling his short passes, and the coach is like, short? And then he throws it and hits the coach. And If I live through this, I've got the star of the year, boosh. Cut to the future, and then we already saw this part, didn't we? Isn't this part of the old tale that we saw from before? I I don't know. I think so. That there he is, folks, the boy with the golden arm and foot. Hank McCoy, he's led them to six straight victories. And then there's some gangsters outside of the, the uh, 
stadium. And... This must be college football at this point because high school football does not rake in $25,000 at the okay. box office. Okay, you're right. But the, but the first part could have been high school, so maybe he's progressed so well that now he's in college. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just move on quickly. So the criminals uh, hold up the lady with uh, some mist. Some gas. Yeah. It's gas. She and says she passes out, and they get the money. They got masks on and stuff, so they're clearly criminals. And they take the money, and the cops show up immediately. Yeah. So they decide to run through the stadium quick. And uh, the police won't fire because they're in the crowd. No, Morty, you'll hit somebody in the crowd. Stop, thief! Stop! So they're running after him, and then uh, Beast sees what's going on and kicks the football into somebody's head, which looks like it really hurts. <laughs> and then, to make matters worse, he grabs his helmet and somebody else's helmet and hits the other two crooks—one in the back of the head, one in the small of the back. Yeah. Ow! Those guys have a lawsuit on their hands. They're yeah. Well, one of them just got brain damage, <laughs> and the other one's just got spinal damage. We were just minding our own business, walking through the stadium, and this guy attacked us with football helmets. <laughs> well, it turns out that the main bad guy—I'm assuming he's the main bad guy—has a grenade. He's got a mask on, so yeah. And he threatens to use this grenade, and the police know that he's desperate enough <laughs> to do it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I know him. That's that's Grenadesy McCoy. <laughs> he's used grenades every other time he's robbed the banks. He'll blow you up in a heartbeat. Just look at him cross. He'll he'll blow you up. Uh, and Beast climbs up on the uprights, jumps off, and hits this guy in the back. Yeah, and the cameraman with his giant video camera and uh, backpack. Captures it. That's how video cameras used to be. Really, with the big yeah. backpack? Mm-hmm. Get out of here! I, I didn't know that. That's that's the origin of video cameras, right there. They had the big backpacks. Well, there you go. Factually accurate X Men story. Exactly. <laughs> Great work, kid. Why Anything they would be capturing college football? I don't know. But <laughs> eh, you know, know. long standing tradition of uh, college football. I don't know. You can start by disposing of that grenade, sir. He says to the police <laughs> nervously. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to uh, everything's everything's happy and everybody's happy, and and then we cut to um, what looks like Toad. And uh, oh, it does look like Toad. It's not Toad, but it looks like Toad. And some very henchman like guy in uh, armor. He's it's whoever that guy is. I can't remember the the beast guy, but he he's got like a medieval armor. I want to call it a pompadour, but I think that's a type of hairstyle. <laughs> it's a really stupid looking hat. And uh, did you see that? Oh, it's amazing! It's fate. We finally have the tool we need for my onslaught. Never did I hope I would find this young gem. So apparently this guy monitors college football games <laughs> around the globe. Well, you know, even villains have to take a break from time to yeah. time. Oh, I really like this sports team. And who's that man? <laughs> I can use it for my dastardly deeds. So then it says, how does the kid with the overgrown extreme extremities figure into the plan for world conquest? It's all in the next ish. So be there. Oh, yeah. I noticed the beast took off his uh, shoes. Oh, yeah. So everybody knows he's a mutant. Yeah, they would have to because they're like, look at those feet. And they would probably kick him out of the game. So when I first read this, I thought that this just naturally dovetailed into the issue that we read, like issue 15 or 16 or whatever that original Mm -hmm. origin issue is. But no, this is promising that there'll be more beast origin. Yeah, they didn't bother telling us about that the first time. No. With conquistador man and conquistador el conquistador i believe his name was uh so just real quickly in the mutant mailbag i noticed that the very first i didn't read them all but the very first letter was like 
I'm sorry, the second letter was like, the best guy idea you guys ever came up with was having the X-Men split up. Now we can really get involved in their lives and learn what makes them tick and all that sort of stuff. And then the third letter is like, dear X-Men, put the X-Men back together. Don't leave them running around. I want them to fight the Juggernaut and Sentinels, not stupid little uh, uh, villains. So apparently there was a mixed controversy back then, but it's all good because the X-Men are back together. Hooray! Next issue, Iceman Goes Solo. So here's my question. We have next the Iceman Goes Solo. We have more Beast Tales from the mini-story. And then at the end of the Lorna Dane story, it says next, like father, like daughter. Like, what story is coming next? Like father, like daughter, Iceman Goes Solo, Beast Backup. That's three stories, and there's only going to be two in the next issue. Well, the the two stories are one, the Iceman Goes Solo Uh. and like father, like daughter. Or maybe they're talk- they didn't say who father and who daughter, so maybe it's Iceman and his daughter. <laughs> Iceman has a daughter. Ice baby. So there you have it, folks. Um, the very first video version of The Danger Room. Yeah. What did you think? Let us... Oh, me? No, I'm, I'm not asking them. Oh. Oh, hey. <laughs> what would you think? Yeah, that's what I thought. You loved it, didn't you? <laughs> It's not going to happen that often because, hey, we don't live in the actual cities together. This is actually a split screen. You <laughs> notice that we haven't touched each other this entire... It's like we can't get any closer than this. Otherwise, we break through and then the, it's, it's green screen. It's all uh, Hollywood magic. How am I doing this? <gasps> <laughs> CGI. <laughs> uh, so there you go, folks. Uh, I don't think we had... We had a couple of um, emails. We got a letter from Andrew Painter on the Facebook and Brandon Perdue on the email, about, both talking about the Lava Men, mm-hmm. uh, saying that I was wrong. I thought it was a Spider-Man villain, but I was thinking of Molten Man. Molten Man was the Spidey villain. And uh, the Lava Men apparently were a Thor slash... Avengers? Avengers villain. Yeah. Which I actually discovered uh, while I was making up the... Um, while I was editing the uh, the Molten, or the Lava Man Mitaxo oh, episode. Oh, the Mitaxo episode. And that's where I got the uh, the opening credits from was a early cartoon of Thor fighting the Lava Man. Sweet. That's awesome. That's good work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, there's no story as to where Mitaxo fits into all of that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, there will be more on Mitaxo, I'm sure. Oh, also, last issue or episode, we mentioned um, the uh, the comic the or the the podcast that goes snicked. We we mispronounced it, I guess. Or I, it's the it's the podcast that goes snicked, not whatever we said. The podcast that called snicked. But just say the right name. What is it? What the correct name is? I I hope this is it. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast that goes snicked. And if it's not right, we're not going to correct it next time. How about just snicked cast? Can we do that? <laughs> That's probably wrong, too. Nick it. Oh, snick it. That would be a good one. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, and from Jeremy and Adam to your homes, the danger room is closed. Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Pour a cheerful toast and fill it, happy anniversary. But be careful you don't spill it, happy anniversary. Oh! Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Fred, you remember.